0: Hey everyone, welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews where we talk about the movies and we're going to do that almost immediately. My name is Les Roberts.
1: And I'm Ann Elder.
0: And today, Anne, we are going to review a film called Les Miserables.
1: Oh, Let's just call it Les Mis.
0: Les Mis, that's it's what a everybody lot else calls it. It is directed by Tom Hooper, who directed The King's Speech and won an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. And it stars Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, Anne Hathaway, and Amanda Seyfried, among others. And if anybody doesn't know, this takes place in the 1800s in France, Mm -hmm. when things were pretty miserable for everybody, thus the title, The Miserable Ones.
1: For me, it referred to the audience, and me in particular, (laughs) as I was sitting there watching this plodding, cliche-ridden, old-fashioned, unfortunate film that Seem to me to go on for three or four days. However, let's get into that plot. All right, let's get into that. that fun plot. plot. Yes,
0: that very exciting plot. This, of course, was an epic novel by Victor Hugo. It begins in about 1815 in France. There is a man who's been in prison for 19 years. His name is Jean Valjean. Mm-hmm. He is played by Hugh Jackman. We see him working, horrible work, in the prison and singing about it. Yeah. The guy who watches over him in prison is a particularly mean guy, Javert.
1: Inspector Javert.
0: Played by Russell Crowe.
1: He also sings.
0: They all sing.
1: Constantly.
0: Actually, there is very little dialogue in this film. It's almost all singing. The
1: only dialogue I heard in the movie, if I may say, is, (laughs) where's the exit? (laughs)
0: So finally, Jean Valjean is paroled. And by the way, he was imprisoned 19 years for stealing a loaf of bread.
1: Good thing it wasn't a croissant. He would have gotten his head cut off. That's
0: for sure. So he has to obey his parole rules and check in all the time. But he's sick of doing that. So he basically escapes. That's right. He goes on to a very successful life in another city, not in Paris. And who shows up there, of course, is Inspector Javert. Javert thinks that Valjean is a respectable guy.
1: Yes, but he has some suspicion about him when he first sees him, if you recall. Yes, of course. I mean, he dimly recognizes. Well,
0: Valjean has turned into a wonderful human being. He runs a business. Oh, he's the mayor. That's right. He is the mayor of the small town. From that time until the end of the film, Javert is so suspicious of him, and he finally figures out who he is, and he's trying to arrest him again because that's his job. The guy broke his parole. Of course, now there is a huge military uprising Mm. in Paris.
1: And of course, there's a secondary plot that also fuels this picture, and that is the story about Fantine, played by Anne Hathaway. She's a young factory worker in this town where Hugh Jackman plays the mayor. And she falls upon hard times. She has to sell her body. She eventually has to sell her hair, her teeth, etc., etc., in order to support her little girl, Cosette. Yes. In the meantime... Valjean offers to take care of this child once Fantine expires. Yes. We cut to a few years later. This darling little girl, Cosette, is now all grown up, and now she's played by Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried is a beautiful 18-year-old girl who falls in love with a young revolutionary played by Eddie Redmayne, His character is named Marius. And I thought
0: he was very good, by the way.
1: Excellent. But there's another young revolutionary involved. She's played by Samantha Barks, a Broadway performer, I might add. Yes, she
0: sings very well. Her
1: character is Eponine. And adding some spice to the story is the fact that Eponine is madly in love with Marius. But Marius only has eyes for the beautiful Cosette. You'd think that within all of those plot lines, there would be a great movie. Unfortunately, there's no movie.
0: And a lumbering, awkward, dull two and a half hours.
1: Poor Anne Hathaway. She does a fine job in the film, I must say. But one scene in which she is featured, she's on her deathbed, and I thought it was amazing that she still had the strength to belt out (laughs) the big song, I Dreamed a Dream. Even though Tom Hooper, the director, had the camera right in her face, he really showed every possible imperfection that this Anne Hathaway had endured, from broken teeth Sallow cheekbones. Bad haircut. Bad haircut. A reddened nose. No makeup and no hair, basically. And I thought this Anne Hathaway has some guts.
0: She certainly did. If you think of Anne Hathaway in The Devil Wears Prada and so many other films, she's so beautiful and she looks so absolutely ghastly here. I felt sorry for her. I even felt sorry for Amanda Seyfried.
1: The teenage cosette.
0: Teenage cosette, yes.
1: And she's being raised by the Hugh Jackman character throughout the film. He agrees to adopt this child.
0: Well, because the mother died. She
1: died singing and suffering. (laughs) Poor Fantine. Well, everyone is singing and suffering in this movie. I thought it was a problem with this script as a movie. And it's not quite so prevalent, or rather it's not quite so obvious on the Broadway stage. The majesty, the theatrics of the Broadway productions really mask some of the problems of the script and the music and the lyrics. When the movie gets in there, and a movie is an intimate experience, then, of course, you see all the warts and the blemishes. And I think you really begin to get the fact that this is not a great score by the Bobial Schoenberg team, who also brought us the wonderful musical Miss Saigon. Right. They have won numerous awards for Les Mis. They have made gazillions of dollars from the Broadway shows and the European productions of this musical. My heart does not bleed for them. (laughs) But this particular movie was so unimaginative, and I really blame Tom Hooper for this. You've
0: got to blame him for that. When you have a character like Anne Hathaway... With the broken teeth and almost all her hair cut off. And he's got her in a tight, tight, tight close-up for the entire song. Never took her from another angle. And she was singing very loudly and her mouth is open wide enough to swallow a Volkswagen.
1: It's not a pretty picture. It
0: is not a pretty picture. And he did this to every other actor in the film. Yes, he did. Every time they opened their mouth to sing. Yeah,
1: he's zooming in. I don't think the man knows the meaning of the word long shot or medium shot or establishing shot. He's in their nostrils for the entire two and a half hours. (laughs) Let's talk about the major problem of the movie, and that is Jovert. I know that on paper, it looked great to say that Russell Crowe was going to play this nefarious character.
0: You know, he's a big, burly guy. He looks like a villain. He always has, even when he was a hero. And, you know, when I heard about it, I thought, this is great casting. But...
1: Unfortunately, (laughs) he croons his songs instead of bellowing them. And Hugh Jackman, who is a fine musical actor, ends up bellowing most of his awful songs to the point where his wonderful voice actually becomes tedious and tinny. Absolutely. The other problem with the movie is that Jean Valjean and Jovert kept bumping into each other. It seemed like there were only four streets in Paris. <laughs> and you think, surely at some moment, Jovert is going to say, aha, I gotcha. You. you know, in the old Abbott and Costello movies where the two back into each other yes. and they turn around <laughs> and start dueling. That's what I was waiting for. But no such luck in this movie because there was nothing funny. This movie, movie makes
0: you believe that in all of France, there were only 38 people alive.
1: This is true. We have to talk about the attempt at comedy relief. And that was because of Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter, who play the innkeepers who actually were taking care of Cosette until Jean Valjean offers to take her and care for her. The two of them try to be funny. I thought their efforts were pretty lame. As I thought everything in this movie was pretty lame for me. I'm so sorry to say Les Mis was a red light from beginning to end.
0: Well, Anne, when I was watching the film, I was hating every second of it. And I thought, oh, I know Anne has seen this on the stage. She's going to love this film.
1: Oh, please. I was
0: so delighted when we talked to each other on the phone the next day. We
1: had a mutual (laughs) hatred of the film. (laughs) We really
0: did. I wanted to be nice to this. I am a huge fan of Hugh Jackman. I'm a huge fan of Anne Hathaway. So for that reason, Anne, I've been thinking and thinking, what can I say about this to make it better so I can? give it a yellow, but I can't. This is a red light. Yeah, I just is. hate it a lot. <laughs> so, two red lights for mm-hmm. Les Miserables, or as everybody calls it, Les Mis. But we're going to be back to review another film very, very shortly. We hope you will join us at that time. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Anne Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you won't be nearly as miserable as we were the next time you go to the movies, you've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories from the makers of Death of a Rock Star and Death of a Sports Star. This is Death Ready? of a Film Star, starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman